Good evening. My name is Colin Tapes with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host for your this telephone town hall meeting. Tonight, I am joined by Minister of Municipal Affairs, Rebecca Schultz, Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director of Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with Insurance Bureau of Canada, the Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Ablocki of the RCMP, Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I am supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the Government of Alberta, including uh, Health, Agriculture and Irrigation, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Municipal, Municipal Affairs, Education, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, as well as Mental Health and Addictions, before we hear from our speaker, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connected to the call and we will soon have a chance to answer your questions. You can get in line to ask a question right away or at any time by pressing star three on your phone and you will be connected to an operator who will ask for your name and community. We ask that you please try to keep your question brief tonight because there are many people on the line. I will be reading the question out loud for tonight's town hall to ensure our speakers can address as many people as possible. Now, before I welcome Minister Schultz to say a few words, I will take just a few moments to remind you about the information about supports for evacuees available online at alberta.ca slash emergency or by calling 310-4555. As well, if you or anyone in your community is seeking mental health support, we encourage you to call 211 at any time to find resources. Now, I would like to welcome Minister Schultz to share a few opening remarks. Minister, please go ahead. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for participating in tonight's telephone town hall. We know that this is a stressful time and we want you to get the information you need quickly and easily. So these daily sessions are intended to help keep you informed with the most current information. Tonight, I'm here with representatives from across the Alberta government, the RCMP, and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Our goal tonight is to take as many of your questions as possible, but I'd like to start with a few reminders and updates before we get to your questions. First, I want to remind everyone who is evacuated to register with your local municipality or online with the Alberta government. Registering makes it easier for local officials to help and connect you with the resources you need. About a week ago, we announced emergency evacuation payments for anyone who's been evacuated for seven or more days. These one-time payments can help ease the cost of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities. Residents who evacuated returned to their homes and then re-evacuated are eligible for an evacuation payment if they have been evacuated for a total of seven days. Please go to alberta.ca slash emergency to find information on how to apply. Recipients will receive payment by e-transfer within 24 hours of application. Other forms of payment are available if e-transfers are not available for you. You can also visit one of the 16 Alberta Supports Offices or Reception Centers in Edmonton or Calgary to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional support, you can also call 310 4455, which is staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. I know many of you are longing to get home and want to know when that will happen. 
Each municipality determines its reentry process based on their fire risk assessment. And municipalities have the authority to decide when people are allowed entry into the evacuation zone. Please ensure you check in with your local municipality before re-entering any previously evacuated area. I also want to reassure evacuated Albertans that RCMP are patrolling and monitoring evacuated areas to minimize criminal activity. And you can check the Alberta RCMP website to sign up for alerts and tips on protecting your property. Finally, let me say that I realize how hard this is for many of you joining tonight's call. Having to leave your home amidst this uncertainty and not knowing how long you might be away for can cause a lot of anxiety for you and for your loved ones. We recognize that the stress is very real for you and we thank you for your continued patience. Again, please visit www.alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455 for information on support. And if you are struggling with your mental health, please call or text the word INFO to 211 to be connected to digital or local support services near you. Virtual counseling services are also available through Counseling Alberta. You can learn more at www.counselingalberta.com. Everything we are doing is to protect the lives of Albertans. Remember to please stay in touch with your local government for updates and listen only to trusted and verified sources of information. I do just want to once again thank each of you for calling in this evening. Now, let's get to your questions. Thank you, Minister Schultz. For those of you just joining us, my name is Colin Taves and I'm your host for this evening's Telephone Town Hall. Joining me today are Minister of Municipal Affairs, Rebecca Schultz, Bree Hutchison, Executive Director, Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki of the RCMP, Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the government of Alberta, including health, agriculture and irrigation, indigenous relations, environment and protected areas, municipal affairs, education, seniors, community and social services, jobs, economy, and northern development, as well as mental health and addictions. Tonight, we were talking about the changing wildfire situation in the communities, with the communities and the people who have been affected by them. If you have a question right now or at any time, you can press star three right now and you will be connected to uh, one of our experts will answer your question. Now, let's go to your first question of the evening. This comes uh, to us by the way of Ben, and this will be for Rob with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Do I need to be out of my home for a certain number of days to make an insurance claim? Thank you for the question, Ben. Standard home, tenant, and condominium unit owner policies, they cover additional living expenses the moment that you're placed under mandatory evacuation order. So as soon as you are evacuated, your insurance policy provides you with those additional living expenses that covers things like hotels or additional food costs or any other additional living expenses that you may have. So if you do have any receipts, you want to make sure that you're holding on to them, reach out to your insurance representative right away and start that claims process. 
the sooner you start that process, the sooner you can get reimbursed through your insurance policy. Thanks for the question, Ben. Thanks, Rob. Uh, we have a question that comes from Candice from the online chat uh, that will be to Christy. How many uh, firefighters have come to Alberta from outside of Alberta? What are they working on right now, and how can we welcome them and thank them for their help? Uh, Christy with Welfare Alberta, if you could answer that, please. Thank you so much for your question. Um, I know uh, many Albertans are appreciative of the work that's that's being done by um, firefighters from across Canada and, and further afield. Um, we currently have 965 uh, firefighters and firefighting teams uh, here, and they come from, from all over. Uh, we have representatives from uh, Oregon, British Columbia, Alaska, Quebec, Ontario, Yukon, New Brunswick. Uh, we have some from Parks Canada. We, of course, have 300 members of the Canadian Armed Forces assisting, uh, Prince Edward Island, um, various places across the states, as well as Montana and Washington. And they're here helping us through our agreement with the uh, Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Center and other um, other agencies in the states as well. And, and certainly um, work is much appreciated by the people of Alberta. I couldn't tell you uh, precisely which fires they were working on because these firefighters are literally in every fire across the province. So they are they are really uh, working all over um, to help us uh, uh, get this uh, wildfire situation under control and um, and certainly understanding that the people of Alberta appreciate the work that they're putting in and so do we. Um, if you see a firefighter uh, out in, in, uh, in a, a local uh, town or community and you see them wearing their yellows, which means they're probably Alberta wildfire or they could be there from another agency, they all proudly wear their own uh, uniforms. Um, I'm sure they would appreciate a hello and a thank you. Uh, and you can also certainly send an email that we would be happy to to pass along to wildfireinfo at gov.ab.ca. Thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, so again, if you'd like to ask a question this evening, you can do so by pressing star three and you'll be entered into a queue where we can answer your questions. The next one comes from Luis in Valley View. Uh, I live in Valley View and I heard something about the RCMP using drones. How are you using them and where does the footage go? And I would ask Curtis Zablocki, Deputy Commissioner of the RCMP to take that question, please. Good evening, everyone. And thank you, Luis, for, uh, for your question. So yes, we are uh, and have deployed some of our drones from our, our drone program in the division here. And we've deployed them to various communities uh, impacted and evacuated uh, by the fire situation. Uh, so we'll put the drones up uh, above uh, the evacuated communities and we will uh, we'll pilot them for certain periods of time covering certain areas of your communities and, and downloading that, uh, that footage and that view to our folks on the ground. And uh, quite frankly, um, we've had some success uh, with that in identifying folks uh, within evacuated, evacuated areas that uh, perhaps shouldn't be uh, within those respective zones. And we've also, uh, use of the drones has also led us to uh, apprehend uh, individuals. Um, in, in fact, uh, one individual with a stolen bike in one of our communities, other individuals that have been uh, trespassing in backyards, those kinds of things. So they've been very helpful in, in helping keep uh, your community safe. 
Thank you for that. Uh, we have another question that comes in from the online portal. Uh, Red Cross is accepting funds for the wildfire. Do you know how Alberta's, uh, sorry, Albertans access those funds? And I would ask Bree Hutchinson with Alberta Emergency Management Agency to. Uh, Thank you. Uh, for further information on how Red Cross is spending this money and how potentially it could be used for individual Albertans, I would advise to go to Red Cross's phone number. So 1-800-418-1111 or redcross.ca. Red Cross will be using these funds to support those in need, including uh, community organizations that support impacted people and communities as they begin this process of recovery. And there are other supports that may include financial assistance for immediate unmet needs for individuals and other essential services not covered by federal or provincial programs. So once again, that phone number to call is 1-800-418-1111. Thank you, Bree. Uh, so we have a question here from Mike in Swan Hills. Uh, I'm asking, or sorry, I'm hearing the, the ratings about air quality. Can you explain what this means? And I would ask Stacy from Environment and Protected Areas to answer this question, please. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for your question. And it's a great one. I think we've all been noticing just the heavy smoke that uh, spread across the province today. Uh, not particularly pleasant uh, to deal with. And for those with uh, with health issues, it can be particularly tricky. Uh, I'm going to suggest that you take a look at airquality.alberta.ca, and it provides some great information for you on our air quality health index. So the numbers that you're hearing reported by most of the media uh, rank the air quality in the province, in the various parts of the province, from a 1 to a 10 plus. Uh, one to three is considered low risk. And then as we move up the number scale, the risk, potential risk to human health increases. So across the province today, we saw a lot of high risk values in the seven to 10 range and a number of very high risk values of 10 plus. And what those values are intended to help you understand is how to, to manage your behavior to keep your health as safe as possible uh, during these periods of high smoke volumes. Uh, if you look at the website I, I suggested and go to the health messages page, it will give you the grid that describes how that uh, ranking system um, applies to at-risk populations and to the general population. So generally, uh, when it's a higher risk um, numerical value, a higher value, uh, we suggest to people that they consider if they can reduce or reschedule strenuous, strenuous activities outdoors if they're at higher risk or consider keeping your windows and door closed, that kind of thing, if you're uh, experiencing any kind of irritation. And if you're, if you're all, with that, I'm all right with that, I'm going to send uh, the question over to my colleague, Celine from Alberta Health, and she can talk to you a little bit more about managing those health risks. Thank you, JC. Hi, Mike. The greatest health risk comes from small particles in the smoke that can get into your eyes, breathing system, and bloodstream. You might not realize just how much the smoke is impacting you or your loved ones. You may experience symptoms such as burning eyes, runny nose, coughing, trouble breathing, generalized fatigue, and headaches. People most at risk are those with heart or lung diseases, older adults, pregnant women, children, and those working or playing sports outdoors. As Stacy said, you can lower your risk by shutting windows as long as temperatures remain comfortable, staying indoors, closing fresh air intakes, using a humidifier or air purifier, and turning furnace fans to the minimum setting. 
when outdoors, limit strenuous exercise or activities. Drink a lot of water to stay hydrated and keep your nose and throat moist. Personal protective equipment like respirators, example N95s, KN95s or P100 masks can be used to reduce exposure to wildfire smoke. Although dust masks and medical masks, also referred to as disposable masks or surgical masks, do not offer protection against the small particles or gases in wildfire smoke. Take care of yourself, Mike, and check in on your neighbours and loved ones who might be at higher risk. For any other health questions, please call HealthLink at 811. Registered nurses are available 24 hours a day to answer your questions. Thank you, Celine and Stacey, for your answers. Again, at any point in the call, you can press star three, uh, and you will be entered into the queue to ask your question. Uh, we have another question from Matt online. Uh, this will be for Christy with Alberta Wildfire. What is the status of the wildfire in Valley View? Good evening, Matt. Uh, the Valley View uh, fire that is part of the Sturgeon Lake complex, and it remains the top wildfire priority uh, in the province because of its uh, proximity to obviously um, the community and, and the risk there. It's still classified as out of control and uh, total of the fires uh, are combined at about 7,000 hectares. Um, they have merged together, uh, which should not affect the way we fight the fire because we are fighting it as a complex. So we are using the same resources to strategically fight it uh, efficiently um, with the same in the same area. And the fire intensity we saw today uh, was moderate. Uh, we did have some swirling uh, winds, uh, so we didn't see extreme uh, fire behavior. Uh, there was some torching at the top of the trees, but not a sustained crowned fire, which is the most extreme kind of wildfire behavior. Uh, we didn't see any new growth uh, moving towards uh, the communities. And uh, the plan going forward is obviously to try and, and complete the fire guard uh, protecting the community uh, that's uh, being built by dozer, uh, bulldozers and reinforced with, uh, with other measures such as structural protection. Thank you for that, Christy. Uh, I have a question uh, from Tara in Drayton Valley. Uh, I, that reads, I applied for benefits on Sunday and I haven't received anything yet. Is this normal? And I would ask Maggie Carroll uh, with Seniors Community and Social Services to take this question. Thank you, Colin, and great question, Tara. If you've not received your benefit and you've been in a community that has been evacuated for over seven days, uh, we are processing your online application pretty quickly, uh, oftentimes within 24 hours. If you've not received your payment and you're wondering what may be any challenges or issues uh, being faced with being uh, with us being able to issue that benefit for you, please call the 310-4455 number and ask to speak to someone who can assess your situation and give you some concrete details about your application. If you're beyond that seven days and you haven't received uh, notification of any challenges or issues, Strongest advice is to call and we will look up your application for you. Thanks, Tara. Thank you for that, Maggie. Uh, we have another question uh, that comes in from Tanya in Fox Creek. Uh, will you send any funds to small businesses that weren't able to operate in the, during the fire? And I would ask Scott Beebe to answer this question. Thank you for your question, Tanya. 
We understand that getting back to business as soon as possible will be important for business owners and the communities that they serve. Now, insurance is the first line of support for businesses after a disaster, and most business insurance policies cover fire damage. I encourage you to speak to your insurance broker or insurance representative to determine the coverage in your policy. We are connecting with local chambers, business associations, regional economic development alliances, and municipalities in the areas that were evacuated to determine the impacts of the wildfires on small businesses and are assessing what additional small business supports may be needed to assist those affected. I would also encourage you to check out BizConnect. This government program provides wayfinding services to assist small business owners in navigating services and supports that are available through the government and partner organizations. Business owners who are impacted by the wildfires can reach BizConnect through our website, www.alberta.ca slash BizConnect, B-I-Z-C-O-O-N-E-C-T. Now our partner organization, BusinessLink, also provides free advice and referrals to business and they can be reached at 1-800-272-9675. And finally, our Regional Economic Development Specialists, or REDS, have been active in pointing small business owners to the correct wildfire resources on the alberta.ca emergency website. So for more information on the REDS and the economic regions they support, visit www.alberta.ca. Thank you, Tim. And I'm also just wondering if Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada would like to contribute to that question as well. Thank you, Colin, and that's some great answers, Scott. A standard business insurance policy covers damage caused by fire. So when you get back to your business, if you do have damage, remember there could be fire damage to the building, to your contents in stock, there could also be a business income loss that you might have suffered as a result of the damage. So you want to make sure that you contact your insurance representative right away to start that process to understand what coverages you do have and what compensation you would be entitled to. And remember, if there was a power outage in your community, and your freezer or cooler may have lost power, there could be some compensation for the contents or the stock that you may have lost in your fridge or your freezer. So this is commonly covered under many business policies as well. So one last thing to keep in mind is your insurance company is there to help you and support you. Even if a neighboring business is damaged that causes you not to be able to reopen, there could be coverage under your own insurance policy as well. So it's important to reach out, understand your insurance policy, and start that process to understand what coverages you have and what compensation you're entitled to and for what duration. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob, for that. And again, a reminder, if you can press star three, you'll be connected to ask a question. Uh, we have another one actually for Rob with Insurance Bureau Canada from Lucy uh, on the online portal. Uh, I returned home and I only have smoke damage. Can I claim insurance on it? Thank you, Lucy. 
First off, I'm sorry that you have some damage. You were evacuated, you got back, and now there's smoke damage to your property. Standard home and tenant insurance policies cover damage by fire as well as smoke. And depending on how close your home was to the smoke would depend on the resultant damage. Soot and ash from wildfires, they can actually cause some damage to textiles and specific surfaces. So if you do have any of that type of damage to your home, to make sure you reach out to your insurance provider right away to initiate that process. It's also important to recognize that you can use the service provider of your choice to complete the necessary repairs. But remember with smoke damage, the type of smoke damage that you have would depend on how close you were to that fire. You may need to contact a contractor that has specialty tools, equipment, and knowledge that understands the appropriate ways to complete the smoke remediation. It's not as simple as wiping your counters and vacuuming your floors. There could be more work that is required. So make sure you choose a reputable person. Your insurance company likely has relationships with contractors that have specialty knowledge in fire and smoke remediation. So they can recommend a service provider to you and many insurance companies also guarantee the work of the service providers that they recommend. So this is a partnership. You wanna be working with your adjuster to find the best person to do the appropriate repair work for your home, to make sure that the repairs are done properly so you don't have any issues going forward. Thank you for the call, Lucy, and I'm glad you were able to get back home. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so we have a question from Luis in Valleyville, or sorry, Value Valley View. Uh, what are the RCMP doing in Valley View? Uh, how many officers? And I'll turn this to turn this over to Curtis Zablocki, Deputy Commissioner with the RCMP. Thank you, and and Luis, thank you for that question. Um, as Minister Schultz uh, mentioned in her opening comments, the RCMP and your communities are are working hard to help keep your communities safe. We continue to deploy a number of strategies uh, in this regard and, and including you know, establishing perimeter control around the evacuation zones, uh, roving patrols within the evacuation zones as well too. So we'll have our market police vehicles, our officers within uh, your communities, uh, ensuring that uh, there are no individuals uh, remaining within that shouldn't be within uh, doing uh, security checks on uh, businesses, facilities, residences as well too, and ensuring that uh, that those premises uh, are in fact secure. Uh, we've established quick response teams. So when our members need assistance within an evacuation zone, we have the capacity to deploy very quickly and, uh, and respond to any uh, types of incidents or circumstances there as well. Uh, of course, we've built up investigative teams uh, to deal with any uh, investigations that need to be uh, need to be conducted and and as I mentioned earlier in the context of drones uh, we have that additional surveillance uh, within your communities some communities as well we've brought camera systems in and set up uh, additional surveillance through these camera systems again all with a view to keeping uh, keeping an eye looking out for suspicious activity 
and be able being able to respond in a in a very timely and uh, and meaningful way as, as well. Um, you know, when we talk about community safety, we also uh, should uh, talk just quickly about uh, resources. So we have brought additional resources into Alberta from our neighboring uh, RCMP jurisdictions out of province, of course, and and uh, thanks to the support from uh, Minister Ellis on that. Uh, last week we had 40 resources, RCMP members brought in from Saskatchewan. This week we have 20 plus resources from British Columbia assisting your Alberta police officers and in uh, in looking after impacted uh, communities. Overall, I you know uh, the number of resources we have deployed to the wildfires is in excess of 300 police officers, and uh, those would include uh, the police officers that are are currently stationed at your respective detachments as well. But ensuring that we have uh, the proper resources in place again is a, is a proper or uh, an important part of keeping your community safe. I don't have the specific numbers for how many resources are deployed uh, specifically to uh, Valley View, uh, but uh, rest assured that we have adequate resources there to ensure uh, effective uh, policing for your community. Thank you, Deputy Commissioner. Uh, I have a question coming in from Samantha uh, for Maggie with uh, Seniors Community and Social Services. Prior to the fire, I was in the process of purchasing a home. What supports are available for my family as we haven't updated our BC ID yet? If you could go ahead and answer that. Sure, thank you, Carlin. Samantha, welcome to Alberta if you're moving into the province. If you have identification that's out of province, not to worry. I know there is a period of time where you're required to transfer over your identification. If you go online and apply without um, an Alberta's driver's license or an Alberta certified ID, you're not going to be able to get through. So my advice to you is change over your license whenever you're capable of getting that done. But in the meantime, you can attend to one of our Alberta support centers that have been extended in hours from 8.15 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night. We also have um, individuals at the evacuation center in Edmonton and in Calgary that can help you in accessing your evacuation payments. The big thing is if you are in a resident, you were a resident of a community that has been evacuated, you can apply before the seven days and we will process your application as soon as you meet that eligibility criteria. Again, if you can't get through the alberta.ca account, Please don't hesitate. Visit one of our Alberta Supports locations. We'll be happy to help you, Samantha. Thank you for that, Maggie. Uh, I've got a question here from George in Swan Hills who asks, are there mental health supports for evacuees at the evacuation center? And I'll ask Corinne with uh, mental health and addictions to take this question. Thanks so much, Colin. And thank you, George, uh, for that question. Certainly being evacuated from one's home uh, where your things are, are familiar to you and your families around you can be very stressful. Uh, and so there are mental health supports that are available at evacuation centers. If there aren't um, mental health supports directly there, directly providing services, those evacuation centers can help you access uh, mental health services as well. Uh, and just would like to reiterate um, how helpful it can be to contact uh, Alberta 211 uh, because they can also connect you with 
uh, either in-person or virtual uh, mental health support. Uh, and so because they're a, uh, they have an online database, they have a number of Alberta's uh, community health and social services uh, and, and can help you uh, access those, those services. Um, you can access them by um, call, calling or texting info, I, or texting info, I-N-F-O, to 211, or you can visit ab.211.ca, where you can chat with a specialist. A really another great another great resource that you can access for virtual counseling services, and you can do this while you're uh, in an evacuation center, is by calling Counseling Alberta, and the number there is one eight three three eight two seven four two three zero. So once again, one eight three three eight two seven four two three zero, or by going to www.counselingalberta.com. Thanks for your question, George. Thank you very much for that, Corrine. Uh, we've got a question that comes in online uh, that says, what is the status of the fire in Drayton Valley? Uh, is it really contained? And that was from Luke. So I will ask uh, Christy with Alberta Wildfire to answer that. Hi, Luke. Uh, the fire in Drayton Valley is um, being handled uh, primarily uh, by the county. So that's Brazo County is, is taking the lead on that fire, and they're the ones who set the status of how the fire is burning. Uh, we're supporting them as much as we can with equipment and, and firefighters and, uh, and our expertise. Um, but of course, it is their call to make. So uh, we're supporting them in, in making that decision. And of course, uh, hoping all residents will be following the direction of, of the authorities when they are going back. But just a reminder for, for any residents that are returning home, uh, they do need to remember that we still have active wildfires on the landscape, even if they, they are active in a reduced capacity to what they were. Um, if you do see firefighters in your area, please give them space to work and keep a safe distance. Uh, it's for the safety of both residents and of firefighters as people return home. Thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, I have a question from Jamie here. Uh, he says, how do we get our mail? I've been to, I've been to Spruce Grove, uh, Canada, Post. They say we need tracking numbers. How do we pick up our mail without those tracking numbers? And I will pose that question to Bree with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Thank you for your question. So Canada Post has uh, provided some support for communities that have impacted mail services. So the communities of Drayton Valley, Fox Lake, Fox Creek, Rainbow Lake, Atikameg, and Chate, as of May 16th, have some additional support. So I'd encourage you to either call Canada Post at 1-866-607-6301 or to check out canadapost.ca slash support for further information about where to pick up your mail for your specific zone. And I'll give you that number again. It's 1-866-607-6301. Thank you, Bree. Uh, I have a question here from Rod in Valley View. Uh, how do I know that my house is safe if I can't go check on it? And I'll ask Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki to answer that question. That's a, that's a really good question, Rod. You know, I, I can certainly understand the feeling of, uh, I'll say, uncertainty or concern 
um, you know, being away from your property and, and out of the community in circumstances that you're facing there uh, in, in Valley View. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned to, uh, in regard to an earlier question, we do have several initiatives, several strategies underway, including, you know, roving patrols, investigative teams, uh, drones and surveillance camera, all cameras, all with a view to detecting any kind of uh, suspicious activity or illegal activity or crime that might uh, might happen uh, within a community. And, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged to, to be able to say tonight that, that really um, the crime in, in any of our evacuated communities over the past two weeks has been very, very minimal. Uh, there has been a little bit, a, a very little bit. And, and again, we've made a number of uh, arrests in those, in those uh, circumstances and we'll continue to do our, do our best in that regard. Um, but I would say to you, um, if you have a reason or cause uh, to suspect or believe that your home is not safe, uh, please let us know, and we will uh, we'll look to endeavor to follow up uh, uh, again if if you have a reason to believe that your home is not safe uh, as it sits within the evacuation area. Please give us a call in, and we'll work with you to uh, to uh, to address that. Thank you, Deputy Commissioner. Uh, I've got an online question coming in from Swan Hills that reads. Uh, we evacuated and went straight to my son's house. Do I still need registration? And where would I do that? And I will ask Bree with the, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to answer that question. There's a couple ways you can register as an evacuee if you have left. So one is in person at your designated evacuation center based on where you were told to go by your local authority. The other one, which is easy, you don't have to leave where you're currently at, is actually go to alberta.ca slash emergency and click down the drop down menu for register and it'll show you exactly how to register yourself. Thank you, Bree. Uh, and again, another question online, this time from Sam. Uh, what is the status of the fire in Swan Hills? And I'll ask uh, Christy with Alberta Wildfire to answer that question. Good evening, Sam. Uh, we have seen some uh, extreme fire behavior uh, in uh, parts of the fire yesterday. Um, all of the fires uh, near in the Swan Hills area there are currently listed as out of control. And we did see a few uh, what the firefighters call excursions uh, yesterday, which is when um, one part of a fire uh, moves uh, a little bit uh, more quickly um, or than the other parts uh, are expected to move. But uh, today, the crews working on the, those fires did manage to secure uh, excursions on the south side, and they were using heavy equipment on one of those fires. Um, the two of them do appear to be growing together, but as I said with a, a previous fire, that doesn't uh, generally have a huge effect on, on how we fight it because we are fighting a number of fires in the same group uh, with the same resources. So it, it, it has no effect to how we fight it. Um, and we were there was working work being done today on protecting some of those uh, homes and and values and, and buildings and, and bucketing near the school area in East uh, Prairie Métis settlement. Uh, so crews very continuing to work very hard uh, in building containment lines and uh, and contain the limit the growth of the fire, um, particularly where it comes close to the community. Thank you for that, Christy. Uh, I have another online question from Tracy, who asks, I have not been evacuated for seven days yet. Should I pre-register if I want to apply for benefits? And I'll ask uh, Maggie Carroll with uh, 
seniors, community, and social services. Thank you, Colin. Tracy, wait a moment the way. Absolutely, 100%. Please go ahead and pre-register. You are being very proactive. Although your eligibility will not be determined until the seven-day point, you are um, very wise to get in there, complete the application, go through the alberta.ca application and be ready. Uh, we do anticipate it's a little less than 24 hours after you become eligible, eligible. so you hit that seven days mark, where we'll be able to assess and get your funds to you. Well done, and thank you for the question. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, I have a question here from Fox Creek that reads, uh, sorry, from Debbie in Fox Creek that reads, kids have been out of school for 12 days now. Will they have to go to summer school? What will the solution look like? And I'll ask uh, Kindy with the Department of Education to answer that question. Great, thank you, Debbie, for that uh, question. And um, I, I just wanted to first start off and uh, acknowledge that uh, it, it's been very tough. You, you've been out of uh, out of your homes and your communities for 12 days now. Um, I do want to assure you that we are uh, working to support schools. Uh, there are many tools that are available to schools, and we've learned um, a lot during the pandemic and the response, and, and we will be there to help schools come up with ways to continue to support student learning. Um, I would encourage you to stay in contact with your school, as they will have the most up-to-date information. I can also tell you that uh, we have encouraged other schools in, um, in other communities where people have been evacuated to to take in students who have been evacuated and they are doing that. Um, the other thing that we uh, we have done, I don't know how old your, your children are, is uh, with respect to diploma exams uh, for grade 11 and 12 students. Um, those that were um, you know, intended to write at the end of June this year, uh, if those students have been out for 10 days or more, uh, 10 days or more school days, um, we're automatically exempting them from writing diploma exams. Um, that said, if the students still wish to write them, they certainly can, or they can write them in August. Um, but I do want you to know that we are working with schools and um, the best place for you to get, uh, get supports uh, you know, with respect to your child is probably back with your school in terms of supports that they might need. Um, but I do want to assure you again that we are working closely with those schools. Thank you very much for your question. Thank you for that. And again, a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, you can either enter it into the chat or press star three, uh, and you'll be put into a queue to answer that question. Again, it's star three. Uh, I have a question here from Malcolm in Valley View. After seven days, I get compensated, but why don't they pay on the uh, per day basis that I was out? A lot of us, there for those that don't have a lot, and I will ask uh, Maggie uh, and David to contribute this with Seniors Community, sorry, SCSS. Thank you, Colin. A great question, Malcolm. The payment is intended to cover the costs Albertans are facing when they're away from their homes during the mandatory evacuation. If you run into an emergency situation and you mentioned uh, there are some financial hardships you might be incurring, please contact 310-4455. You'll be connected with a worker and ask for the Income Support Contact Center. We can provide you with some emergency assistance to help meet your basic needs 
while you're waiting for your seven days to become eligible for the evacuation payments. We can help you with things such as transportation, um, some health benefits, food, clothing, accommodation, and more, which leads me to a nice segue to my colleague, uh, ADM, David Wilson, uh, to pick up on that answer if you'd wish, David. Yeah, thanks, Maggie. Uh, yeah, and, and again, the, the seven days is put in, into policy just as, uh, you know, usually it takes about seven days by the time your, your payment would, would come in for that, for that from the insurance group as it starts going as well. And so as Maggie said, there are some emergency supports to deal with your, if, if those are applicable in your current situation. So really appreciate the question and uh, sorry to hear about your current situation. Thanks. Thank you, Maggie and David. Uh, so I have another question from the online portal from Elena. Uh, she says, I'm a Ukrainian evacuee. Am I available for the emergency funds? How does my family apply? And I'll go back to Maggie with seniors, communities, and social services. Thank you, Colin. And welcome to Alberta, Arlena. I'm sorry it's not under better circumstances. As a Ukrainian evacuee in the country and in the province of Alberta, you are entitled to apply for the emergency evacuation benefits. If your community reaches the seven day point and you are a resident of that community and you were evacuated, then by all means you are entitled to receive the benefit. You can apply online and open up an account, alberta.ca, and you can get right through to the portal to apply for the benefit. So you can go on to alberta.ca slash emergency. The other thing is, Arlena, if you're in any financial distress or hardship and can't meet your basic needs in the meantime while you're waiting for that seven-day threshold, please contact 310-4455 and ask for the Income Support Contact Center. We'll assess your needs for any emergency benefits that you may have. The other part of the question, if you would like to apply in person, you can apply at an Alberta Supports location near you. Of the 50-plus Alberta support sites, we have virtually 16 to 18 that are open extended hours. If you look on the alberta.ca website, you will see which Alberta supports offices are closest to you and their operating hours during the wildfire response. Thank you, Arlena. Thank you, Maggie. And I have a question here that comes in from Tracy and Edson uh, for Christine with Alberta Wildfire. What is the status of the fire near Edson? How close is it? Good evening, Tracy. Uh, we have seen a moderate activity on uh, fires in the Deep uh, Creek complex today and uh, managed to have successful ignition operations. Now, what ignition is, is when uh, firefighters um, uh, make a contained burn in order to an att attempt to uh, remove fuel that would be used by the wildfire to move closer to a community. So they are just taking that fuel away in a controlled way, and uh, it can uh, it can help steer uh, the wildfire, reduce its activity. Uh, we did see uh, a little bit of additional growth on uh, one of the fires. Uh, on the south side, and uh, two of the fires are expected to join together, um, possibly at some time tonight, but they will be growing together. Uh, we have currently have a, an American incident management team that's a fresh team in command uh, there in the area, and crews have been working north of uh, Wildwood area to sort of help flood the heavily peated 
areas there. Peat can be uh, difficult with wildfire because it can burn deep down and burn for a long time. So they're, they're flooding that area to tackle that. Uh, they're basically working to contain the fire to its current location and limit uh, spread to keep it away from residents. Um, obviously, this is a, a, a point of great interest uh, for a lot of people in the area. Uh, and I would recommend for anyone, particularly uh, those interested in the progress on the fires near Edson, uh, we do have an excellent uh, email update that comes from the Edson Forest area. It contains a lot of detailed information, much more than I've been able to share with you tonight. But I would recommend certainly that you go to our wildfire status page, and there you can see uh, where the individual um, area updates are, and you can sign up to receive those direct in your inbox. And, and those can go out a couple of times a day, uh, certainly if there's activity in that area. And I know they work very hard to get a very thorough amount of information in there, Tracy. So if this is an issue uh, that you uh, would like to follow with a bit more detail, I really recommend you go and sign up for the Edson area update on the wildfire status page. Thanks. Thank you very much, Christy. Uh, so I have another question from Anne in Yellowhead County. Uh, it reads, do you have, any, uh, have special air monitoring equipment with all the smoke in the air? And I'll ask uh, Stacy with Environment and Protected Areas to answer that question. Hi, Anne, thanks so much for your question. We do have special air monitoring equipment that we've deployed in response to the wildfire. Uh, Alberta Environment and Protected Areas uh, has 770 monitors across the province that are permanently in place to measure uh, elements of air quality. Uh, we have additional special monitors that we send into situations where uh, we don't have good coverage by our regular monitoring stations. Uh, they, there's two different kinds of those. One is more complex and one is more simple, um, but they both mon monitor uh, particulate matter, that small dust in the air that Celine was talking about before. Uh, that can get deep into people's lungs that, that causes the biggest risks with, with fire smoke. So we have deployed uh, both those more simple and slightly more complex monitors uh, in Little Red River, Cree First Nation, Entwistle, Wildwood, White Court, and Fox Creek over the last few days to make sure that we're getting the best information we can on what the air quality is like in those areas. Uh, if you are curious about how the fire smoke is moving across the province, there is a really great website called firesmoke.ca that will allow you to, uh, to look at a forecast, a map-based forecast of how uh, smoke is expected to move across the province, quite frankly, across North America in the next 48 hours. So I strongly take a, uh, recommend taking a look at that. It will provide you with a really good visual uh, of how the forest fire smoke is moving in the province. Thank you. Thank you for that, Stacey. Uh, and again, if you want to ask a question, uh, you can either enter it into the chat or press star three and you'll be funneled into the queue. Uh, we have a question from Jen in Valley View to both Deputy uh, Commissioner as well as Rob from IBC. Uh, what happens if somebody breaks into my house and does damage while I'm evacuated? What should I do? And I will uh, ask Curtis Zablocki, the Deputy Commissioner with the RCMP, to respond first. Yeah, thank you very much for that question. So, I, I mean, as soon as you can, you would need to report that uh, to the RCMP. Uh, of course, we would initiate an investigation and attempt to identify the persons responsible. So, 
And, and I understand, you know, if this is an evacuated area, that report or that detection of uh, a potential break-in and theft might not come until you're back uh, within your community. Uh, but again, as I mentioned earlier on, on uh, with another caller, um, we have a number of uh, initiatives and strategies in place to hopefully detect any uh, suspicious and illegal activity that, that occurs within the evacuated zones. I'll maybe stop there and turn it over to our, our colleagues from, uh, from the insurance side of the business. Thank you, Deputy Commissioner. I want to reassure everyone that while you're temporarily evacuated, your insurance policy for your home and your vehicle remains in full force and effect. So we heard from Deputy Commissioners of Lockheed that they have a number of tools, techniques, and tactics to make sure that communities are safe. If once you're able to return home, you do find that there is damage to your property, home insurance commonly covers damage from vandalism or theft. So your insurance policy will be there to assist you. You would reach out to your insurance representative, explain the circumstances, and start that claims process. Your insurance policy will be there to help you. And even insurance renewals. If you have an insurance renewal that's coming up while you're evacuated, insurance renewals continue as the usual course of business. So make sure you continue paying your monthly or your annual premium and your insurance policy remains in effect. Thanks for the question. Thank you, Rob, and thank you, Deputy Commissioner. Uh, I have a question that comes in online uh, from Coy and Donnelly. Uh, is there a fire coming close to Donnelly? Is there even a risk of it reaching here? And I'll ask uh, Christy with Alberta Welfare to answer that question. Hi, good evening. Uh, there is a, a fire uh, in the vicinity. I can't give you the exact distance uh, from the community, but there is a fire identified uh, by the number SWF068, and you would be able to see the perimeter of that uh, fire and a bit more information about that on our uh, wildfire status map. Um, what I understand is that the north side of the fire is uh, has been growing, uh, and the fire is classified as out of control, but it's not currently burning closer to any communities uh, at the moment. Uh, the fire is currently 88,000 uh, hectares in size, uh, and they are working, uh, firefighters are working on the on both of the fires that make up the Kimiwan complex, that's that fire and another. Um, but certainly, if you want the latest information, I recommend going to the wildfire status page, and you can have a look there on the perimeter of the fire. It will give you a better idea of exactly uh, where it is. Thank you, Christy. Uh, I've got a question that came in uh, from John in Swan Hills. How soon can we return to Swan Hills? And I will ask uh, Bree from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to answer that question. Thank you, John. And I know how distressing this can be to be away from your home and not know uh, when you may return. So we rely on local officials to make these decisions to ensure the safety of residents. And that's first and foremost of the priority. So 
We do not have information right now when you may return, but your local officials are working hard to make sure you can come back as safe as possible and ensure that all the hazards are removed before you return home. So that will happen as soon as possible. I don't have further information for the exact date right now. Thank you, Bree. Uh, and I have another question that comes in uh, by the online chat uh, that will be around education. Who should I call about whether my child should be doing schoolwork while we are evacuated? And I'll ask uh, Kindy with the Department of Education to answer. So, um, thank you for the, uh, for the question. Um, I, I will direct you to your school because uh, they would have the best information in terms of what your, your child is learning um, or was learning before the evacuation and, and support your child in terms of what they might be able to do uh, to maintain their learning or you know, any additional work that you might be able to support them in while you are evacuated. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm not sure of the age of your child, but I do want to let you know about the uh, recent changes to diploma exams. So um, if your child uh, is in grade 11 or 12 and has a diploma exam to, to write, uh, they will be exempt from writing that diploma exam if they've missed 10 or more school days. Uh, but if your child still wishes to write the diploma exam, they can do so in June or August. Um, but the, the best advice that I can give you is to stay in touch with your school. Um, look at their website. They will be providing you the most up-to-date information. Um, and and um, I do also want to commend you in terms of wanting to keep your child um, uh, up-to-date with their learning and can appreciate that too. So thank you very much for your question. Thank you, Kindy, for that answer. Uh, again, we are just getting to the last few moments of tonight's telephone town hall. So if you wanted to ask a question, now would be a great time to press star three and get it into the queue. Uh, we have a couple more here. Uh, is there any help available for people on age or low income? Will the evacuate payments affect other regular benefit payments? And I will ask Maggie with uh, Seniors Community and Social Services to answer. Thank you, Colin. In response to the question, if you are in receipt of the evacuation payments, they are non-taxable. Uh, please don't worry about having to report those benefits there to meet a provincial um, emergency. It's our response to ensure that Albertans are uh, able to provide for their basic needs. In addition, um, if you are in receipt of the income support or age program, please note that those emergency benefits do not impact your financial benefits that you receive from the province. In addition to that, we know that the seven day criteria, folks may be too long for some people. So folks may be experiencing some financial hardship and need to get their needs met. If that is your circumstance, please contact 31044. That's 310-4455 and ask for the Income Support Contact Center. As an ACE recipient, we also have additional benefits that you may be entitled to receive. We can look at emergency clothing, emergency food, emergency accommodation, emergency transportation. You can call that number 310-4455 or I would suggest that you also contact your ACE worker who can assess your personal circumstances and offer some assistance. Thank you and good luck. Thank you, Maggie. And I think we have a couple more questions here. Uh, this one is uh, from the online portal from Amanda. 
for Rob with Insurance for All Canada. My insurance company says we have to choose between the emergency payment and our insurance to cover our expenses. Why can't we use both while we're evacuating? Hi, Amanda. I want to reassure you that yes, you can claim for both payments. The one-time government emergency evacuee payment is in addition to any insurance claim that you might be making. This payment is completely separate from your insurance policy and should not affect your insurance coverage, your limits, or any of your claims. We do have information on our website in our frequently asked questions, specifically addressing this issue and confirming that yes, you can claim for both. Information about insurance and particularly about this wildfire can be found on ibc.ca. Thanks for the question, Amanda. Thank you, Rob. And we have our last question of the evening. Uh, again, this is Candace from the online chat. Uh, I received the evacuee payment. Do I have to pay it back? Does it have to be applied to my tax return next year? And I'll ask uh, Maggie with Seniors Community and Social Services to answer that question. Thank you, Colin. Candace, great question. You will not have to pay that money back. Your evacuation payments are to meet an emergency need in a provincial disaster. Um, please do not worry. You do not need to claim it on your income tax. It's a non-taxable benefit. Thank you for your question, Candace. Thank you, Maggie. And thank you everyone for the questions this evening. We hope that you were able to find the information you were looking for through this conversation. If you're still looking for information about wildfires and evacuation supports, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455. I would also like to thank Minister Schultz for hosting this telephone town hall, as well as many of my colleagues from different government departments, including our partners in this conversation, uh, which include Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, and the RCMP. Thank you for uh, thank you again for participating in this important conversation. We will be back again tomorrow evening from 7:30 to 8:30 p.m. If you did not have a chance to have your question answered, we encourage you to participate again. We will try our best to get through as many questions as we can. Thank you all again for joining. Stay safe and have a wonderful evening.